Let's talk about the high number of black males ending their own lives. Let's also discuss how we can help to make black history compulsory on the school curriculum. What about the high number of black people with vitamin D deficiencies? And a whole lot more. This is Pablo from Hackney, and this is Pablo's podcast. Thank you for choosing Pablo's podcast today. Welcome. Scientists have shown that where constant anger and hatred undermine your immune system, compassion strengthens our general well-being. To live more peacefully and joyfully in our day-to-day lives, we need a warm heart. The Dalai Lama. So, this week, I watched the show on ITV called uh, Sorry I Didn't Know. I've watched it before. Um, really good, kind of like QI, but a black history version, uh, very funny, um, hosted by Jimmy Akimbola. Um, few famous people on there, really good, really educational as well, talk about loads of uh, lesser known uh, black historic figures, both in the UK and nas- uh, internationally. So definitely worth checking that out on ITV. I also watched uh, Alison Hammond's uh, Back to School, really, really good. She's a real bubbly, bubbly character, great presenter done well since um, Big Brother I think she started off in so she's done really well um, hats off to her so yes so they was basically exploring um, overlooked aspects of uh, British history obviously being Black History Month um, and they discovered um, some of the black figures that have been hidden from British history people like John Blank who was a black musician um, in London in the early, early 16th century also um, looked at the Roman Empire around that period and famous black um, a famous African emperor, um, Lucius Septimus Servius. Didn't know about him. A lot of people didn't know about him. So he's definitely, that's definitely a show to check out and, and somebody also to check out. They didn't teach me that at school, I'll tell you that. So, yeah, also, um, and so there's various, obviously it's Black History Month, so, and with the year that we've had, there's loads of things in regards to black history um, coming on, even more so than ever, I feel. But uh, just a few shows that you can check out on Channel 4 that you're going to have Mo Gilligan's Black, British and Funny, um, you're going to have a show called Black, Ear, Black Hair, Damiola, The Boy Next Door, Black Love, Max. Um, also on ITV, you're going to have um, IRL with uh, Charlene White. Um, some more of Alison's, uh, there's some more episodes of Alison Hammond, uh, Back to School. Uh, Sorry, I Didn't, I didn't Know is also coming on again. Craig and Danny. Uh, funny, funny and Black, I think the show's called. That's coming on as well. And on the BBC, you've got Being Black in Cambridge. You've got uh, Wales, Black Miners. You've got Enslaved uh, with Samuel L. Jackson. That's going to be really good. I'm really looking forward to that one. I like Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, on Sky, you've got uh, 400 Years Taking the Knee. You've also got Slave Ship Mutiny. You've got Aftershock, um, Beyond the Civil War. And you've also got the Black British Theatre Awards. So loads on. I mean, those are just a few things. So definitely um, a few things for us to watch in these these kind of lockdown times. I'm sure people are going to be listening to Some people are going to be in lockdown. Some people are on on the verge of lockdown. So we're going to have a lot of time to um, absorb and consume some stuff. So just make sure it's some positive stuff. So sadly, this this, uh, week we've lost um, one of the musical greats, Johnny Nash, who died at 80. 
He's a famous um, reggae slash pop singer, songwriter. He had, his most notable hits was um, Tears on My Pillow and I Can See Clearly Now. Um, yeah, I, I Can See Clearly Now, I believe it was 1972 and Tears on My Pillow, 1975. Excellent singer, um, excellent songs. Brings back lots of memories for many of us, I'm sure. Also, so um, obviously, as I said, been saying throughout this Black History Month in the UK, Black History Month has been happening in the UK for the, since 1987, and it also happens in America and Canada, and that's been since 1995. And recently, it's also been um, observed in Ireland since 2014. I didn't, I didn't know that. Um, so people have asked, like, why, why do they have um, Black History Month in October specifically? Well, the thought behind it was that um, in, in the African calendar, it's a time of plenty, plentiful um, and food and stuff like that. It's a basic time of harvest um, in the African calendar. So that was part of the reason, apparently. And also um, the idea was that we're in the UK, uh, the kids go back to school um, in September. It would um, prompt the learning uh, of that within the schools. Um, which is interesting considering um, it's not compulsory in the schools and there is not that much really done about um, black history other than um, slavery and in the most recent times. So, so yeah, um, but I think that was the sentiment behind it. That was the plan behind it. But, I mean, this month is going to be a different kind of uh, Black History Month because, you, obviously, we can't gather and stuff like that as we ordinarily would. But there are loads of things still going on. So one of the websites I would say to check out is uh, www.blackhistorymonth.org.uk. There's, there's loads of stuff on that site um, to check out. But as I was saying, um, the Black History and African History um, is not compulsory um, in, in UK schools, which I think is, is crazy, you know. I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm bewildered as to why it wouldn't be something that's compulsory, as it is all of our history, and it's a significant part of human history. Um, so I have gone about putting a letter together, and I've actually used the letter myself, um, and I've sent it to a school um, uh, for my children um, to because I was, I was, was getting feedback that they wasn't getting um, as much or as little to no uh, black history uh, lessons going on. And time was running and I was like, okay, I don't wanna you know, do and speak about it too early. Let me see what happens, but you know, time was running that. So basically I put together a letter um, and you know, hats off to the school. They have been so receptive. They sent it around to all of the teachers. The teachers, um, they've emailed me back. Um, and they've decided to implement some of the stuff um, that, that I've put in the email. So, and, you know, it's prompted them to, to look at it a bit more and, you know, explore it. So, and hopefully they, they continue it beyond, um, beyond October, you know. So, so yeah. Um, I, and, you know, it got me thinking that this may be, this, I'm, I'm going to actually, what I'm going to do, I'm going to um, offer access to a template of this letter. If you find value in it, you might read it and say, no, this is not for me, I'm not interested. But you might read it and say, do you know what? It's only an email, I can send that off. And if it makes a difference in my child's school or my friend's child's school, because you don't have to have kids there, you just have to be of the mind that you feel that this is something you want to influence. So hopefully it's of benefit to you. So I will um, make that available. Um, 
because I mean, basically, there's, I think there's many channels you, you have to go through, you know, to, to kind of make something like that happen nationally, um, because it is, hasn't happened already. And one of the things, the first thing is for assertive parents and, and families contacting the schools, it's contacting the head teacher specifically um, via email that you can get on any school website, um, and then basically sending an email to the teachers, to the head teacher. Hopefully, the teacher would do like the, the head teacher I spoke to and filter it out to the rest of the, the teachers within the school. And then eventually, um, hopefully, we hope that the schools, the teachers will then uh, contact the local authorities. Um, and then if that happens, then assertive people within the local authorities, we hope would contact um, the, the Department of Education. And those are basically the people that will implement, implement change nationally. You know, I mean, my thing is, I, I really wonder um, what would happen if that email went viral and people actively gave it to their teachers, you know, the head teachers at the school, you know, what, what would happen, you know, I mean, I, I can't see anything negative happening of it. And as I said, I've already had a really positive response from it. And I'm really looking forward to quizzing, quizzing my kids on, on what they've, they've picked up, up over these past few weeks. Uh, sorry, the weeks coming rather. So yes, yeah, so also um, in uh, another person I learned about um, in recent times is Christian Frederick Cole. Um, he was born in 1852 um, and died in 1885, and he was from Sierra, Sierra Leone. And he was the first um, qualified uh, African lawyer to, to basically work within English courts. Um, he fought his way through, through Oxford University, qualified um, as the first black barrister in 1873. Um, I, I just think it's amazing. I mean, th these are the stories that, in, that inspire us, you know, as a, as a community to let us know what we can do. You know, as a child, I couldn't, I couldn't, have, I couldn't have told you a name of any black lawyers or, or solicitors or barristers or judges, but now I know one. And it, how great would it be if our kids um, could know these names off, off their head? And, you know, the aspiration to become a legal person won't seem so, so alien to them you know, based on what they're seeing in the TV and in the media. So, yeah, really, really, really good story. So I definitely recommend um, checking him out because um, he, he did that at a time when, when um, British colonialism was, was at its height, you know, um, and, you know, this was the time when um, black people were seen as um, educationally inferior subspecies of human, you know, and this man obviously blew that out of the park and, and showed whoever was thinking such ridiculous things and the reality of life. Um, also, a uh, famous um, African, um, that they, you know, a lesser known um, African, is August Brown, um, a Nigerian man who joined the Polish resistance against the, against the Nazis. Um, he was a jazz musician, um, and he was in his 40s, um, and, he, and he'd been um, in Poland for about 17 years, I believe, um, and joined the struggle against the Nazis occupation in 1939, you know, and he went under the code name Ali, um, and he, you know, he fought um, for, for the country, you know, during the, the siege of Warsaw, um, when Germany invaded, basically, um, and yeah, he, he, I mean, they've now, I mean, he died, he died at the age of 81 in, in 1976, and in Poland, they've now um, got a, they've erected a, um, a memorial, to him, a monument to him. Um, but he actually moved to England before he died, and he was living in, in North London, I believe, or, or Kensington, one of the two. Um, and he's actually buried in, in England, um, in the North London Cemetery. So, yeah, so August Brown, who knew? Who knew? You know, 
African man fought for the fought fought the Nazis, the resistance with the alongside the Polish. You know, so I, I bet a lot of Polish people don't know about that even. You know, so yeah, really good to hear about that. But also, it being uh, Black History Month, it's also um, Mental Health uh, Day, nation, National uh, Mental Health. No, in fact, it's not national, it's World Mental Health Day, October the 10th. Um, so that is a, a big thing. I mean, this is a year when we're going through all of these things, COVID, Black Lives Matter, you know, just everything that we're going through. And all of this causes stress, you know, mental stress, physical stress, all, all of these things. But mental, the mental issues are going to be long lasting. And, you know, you've probably heard multiple people, professionals talking about that. Um, and the, the truth is, you know, like in 19, in 19, sorry, in 2019, um, it was recorded that males aged between 45 and 49 had the highest rate of suicide. So literally 20, 25 um, suicides per 100 people, which, sorry, per 100,000 people, which equates to 493 deaths by suicide um, in that year. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's a ridiculous number. That's a lot of pain and a lot of, lot of mental health, you know. Um, and for females, um, the highest rate um, was 7.5 deaths per 100,000, which equals 154. So a lot less, but 154 deaths, you know, between, and this is, the, the age for females is it's around 50 and, between 50 and 54. That's the general age um, where we get those high suicide rates. And amongst young people, the suicide Suicide rates for, for females aged between 10 and 24 in 2019 was 159. 159 young people took their own life in, in 2019. And for males of the same age group, 10, 10 to 24, in the same year, 442. So this is, the, I mean, these statistics are there. These, these are real life people. These are just not just numbers, but it really highlights the fact how vulnerable men are to taking their own life, you know, to mental health. And you don't hear enough about that, you know, especially with the young, young boys with the bravado and stuff like that. But when you think about what they're dealing with these days, you know, they're, they're dealing with knowing friends that have died, being at this, the place of murders, you know, being attacked, having guns or knives pulled on them, etc. All of the stuff that we, we, we know and hear about with the youth violence. So it, it shouldn't really surprise us, you know, that we're finding young men um, that are, are, are taking their own life, you know, through mental health, stresses, PTSD, um, various different things, you know. Um, and the Mental Health and Foundation report um, also highlighted the fact that um, the white Caucasian population experienced the high, even although they, white people, experienced the highest rates of suicidal thoughts, the suicidal rates of people actually committing suicide are higher amongst young um, black men um, of African descent, of Caribbean descent. Um, and, you know, the, and next under that would be um, South Asian women. women. Um, and so, you know, the, these are things that we need to be really aware of, really aware of. You know, it doesn't matter what race and what, what gender and what age group, we need to look out for all of us all the time. But, but it is a fact that young black males are disproportionately um, higher uh, and more prone to taking their own life. Um, so yeah, so we, we need to be mindful of that and, and keep our eye on that and support 
young people and adults where we can when when these mental health issues um, rear their ugly head ugly head because it's going to happen more and more as time's going on because of what we're going through as a planet at the end of the day um so also um this i mean this 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 year this uh, this year i mean the things that are going to really trigger the mental health stuff with us is, is the fact that you know the things that we enjoy you know, um, are now actually illegal by law. Like, you know, going parties, um, uh, having gatherings with family and friends, it's illegal, you know, and this is enough to tip people over the edge. You know, things, the things that we, we, we live for um, and we want to attain in life, you know, things are more difficult now, like getting a job, um, you know, um, creating relationships, um, achieving goals, you know, these things are a lot more difficult now. So these are things that can tip people over the edge. So let's look out for each other. On the other side of the pond, um, sadly, um, Donald Trump has caught um, COVID. Um, he's, but he seems to be bouncing back pretty quick from the last thing I heard. Um, they put him on various medications straight away. Um, they gave him a mono, monocolid, the, well, the antibody thing. I always get muddled up with that name. But yeah, they gave him the antibodies. They gave him the, def, the, the dexamethasone, the re Regeneron, and the um, remdesivir, and vitamin D as well. Um, and, but, you know, within a couple of days, I mean, he, he was out doing like a drive-by and saying hello to his supporters when the rest of the world is being told to quarantine for, for, for 14 days. So a little bit irresponsible, well, very irresponsible to be fair on many levels. Um, and he's, he's spoken about he still wanted to debate with Joe Biden face-to-face um, -face and didn't want to do it over, over Skype or whatever it was um, while he's still got COVID. So, you know, I think that's been cancelled now. Ridiculous, really. You know, you're, you're infectious, you have, you have the virus. Why would anybody want to debate with you, um, you know, in close quarters? Um, so but it, looks, it looks like there's no quarantining for, for, for Trump. But um, I wish him all the best and I hope he gets well soon, just like everybody else who's, who's been going through this, this situation. Um, I also read something um, in regards to flu and COVID. Um, you, you hear a lot of people comparing the two. You know, I'm not a scientist, but, you know, I, I, I like to read between the lines of what, what I see and what I hear. But one of the things I read, um, in America, more, more people have died from COVID in four months than the amount of people who died from flu over uh, the past five years. So if that's a fact, that blows this theory, you know, out that this is, you know, flu is just as bad or worse than COVID. So, you know, it's something to look up, you know, there's a lot of information out there um, for us to absorb. I also um, saw on um, a, a recent interview with Boris, um, he was questioned in regards to the, uh, the government suggesting that we go out and eat out through August um, and you know it was put on him that you know this has helped to spike the numbers and make the numbers go up um, and he he agreed you know he, he pretty much agreed and, and you know wants to focus on how we can you know rectify the problem but for me as it was happening it, it, it was obvious you know you, you tell people to go out obviously we've got to get the economy back up but the truth is you tell people to go out to eat um, and you're going to be in close quarters with everybody of course, um, we're, we're still going to be passing on the infection. It's just like the pubs, um, etc. you know. So, you know, but obviously we have to find some balance and it's, it's not an easy job and not an easy task. And we do want to get things back to normal as quick as possible. But unfortunately, we're going to have to be patient because we can't have everything at one time because we don't know what we're dealing with and we don't know how to deal with it effectively. Um, also, 
um, it came up about, I mean, this is something that they've spoken about over the past few months, that um, black and South Asian patients are uh, more severely affected by COVID um, than, their white, than white patients. Um, and they've recently done a study of 1,800 um, hospital patients, and black people had a higher risk of being admitted to the hospital. However, uh, with, with COVID, however, um, South Asian people were more likely to die from it. And this goes back to my thing about um, the issues with, with this BAME acronym. You know, it, it's too all-encompassing and, and people are different. We are different. There are different things about us and it doesn't affect, you know, things affect us in different ways, you know. So this, this study, um, and I'm sure many others highlight the fact as well. So um, what they were speaking about is like bi biologically, um, what goes on biologically is a, is a more important factor than poverty and underlying health issues, which is really interesting. Um, also, um, different, they spoke about different um, ethnic groups may need to be treated differently, the researchers say. So that, that goes to my point. You know, we are not all exactly the same. We're all the same race. We're all a human race, but we are different, you know, and that bit needs to be taken into account. Um, also, um, the, I was reading stuff on um, Neanderthals, which when we was at school, they would have spoken about as cavemen. But the Neanderthal genes um, that are still in us, if, if you didn't know, you know, a lot of us still have um, Neanderthal um, DNA, um, increases uh, the risk of serious COVID, which is, which is a massive um, claim. So basically, it's, a, um, it's claimed by Hugo Zeberg. He's an assistant professor at, in the, um, the Institute it's the Karolinska Institute in Stockholm. Um, and what they found is um, about 16% of Europeans and half of South Asians carry the, these genes. Um, the cluster of genes uh, on um, the cluster of genes commonly found in, um, in Bangladeshi um, people, um, where 63% of the population carry at least one copy of the DNA sequence. They also spoke about um, some of the Neanderthal DNA increases sensitivity. So these are the things that, that how it has benefited us and gone against us in the past. But having Neanderthal DNA um, increases sensitivity to pain while others reduce uh, the risk of miscarriage. Some uh, of the beneficials, some of the benefits, there's, there's basically there's benefits and there's things that are detrimental to us. So... It's, 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 an, it's an important, important um, discovery because at the end of the day, you can't change your DNA. But it, again, it goes back into what I said. It, it's all, um, we are, or are all different. We are all different. Um, and yeah, so ultimately, um, a person's response to this COVID disease and any disease really um, is about their contact and then their body's immunity response once it once the disease gets inside them so whatever's going on inside whatever your genetic makeup is that's going to play a massive part in it and so i mean the thing with neanderthals and and stuff like that anthrop anthropology is something that i've really been quite interested in over the years um, i remember watching a show in 2013 with eddie izzard it was called meet meet the izzards and it was on bbc one and it had Eddie Izzard um, tracing his DNA and the migration of his ancestors out of Africa and into, into Europe with um, the, gen the genetist. <laughs> Let me just say the doctor, <laughs> Dr. Jim Wilson. Um, they um, dis basically they discovered that Eddie Izzard um, is 2.8% Neanderthal. 
you know, and he was shocked. And I, I was shocked when I was watching it as well. But, um, but yeah, this is the truth. Um, and basically, um, as I said, the Neanderthal DNA is in most of us. There's only, I think there's a small group of Africans in sub-Saharan Africa who never migrated um, when we were Homo sapiens. When Homo sapiens, basically, in a nutshell, you've got Homo sapiens in Africa, um, and then you've got Neanderthals in the Caucasus Mountains in Europe, and the Homo sapiens left, most of them left Africa and migrated and interbred with Neanderthals, and then we came from that. Um, and this is, this is what the science says, and this is how we, we have the Neanderthal DNA within our bodies. Um, so I know some people have different theories and whatnot, but that's just the, the, the science behind it. So that's something, this is quite interesting, but... Like I said, now we're looking at a situation where that may work against some of us human beings, um, depending on how much Neanderthal DNA you have in your body. Um, so on a sad note as well today, my heart goes out to the family of Patrick Gomes uh, de Almido, 25-year-old uh, young man who was stabbed to death in, um, in Morden. Um, two people have been arrested for it um, but again you know it's, it goes back to the youth violence thing um, it's always sad when we hear any kind of deaths but especially when you hear a, um, a young life um, that light being put out so early so my heart goes out to his family thoughts and prayers um, there's also um, there was a police chase in North London where a 23 year old boy I think there was a few of them and a few of them jumped into the, the, the river um, off a of ferry lane in Tottenham um, the police managed to grab one of them out, but the other one they, they, they couldn't find. Um, and I think the next day they, they found the body of a 23-year-old male. Um, they haven't named him yet, but they've let the family know and whatnot. So my heart goes out to um, the family and friends of that, that young man. Um, really sad. Um, I mean, the, the post, they're going to have a post-mortem um, examination in the, in the coming weeks to find out um, you know, exactly what happened. Um, and they're also... Um, the police have, uh, the matter has been referred to the Directorate of Professional Standards and in the Independent Office for the Police Conduct um, and they confirmed that they would independently investigate the tragic accident. So hopefully um, that will bring some, 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 some solace in, in some way, but yeah, very sad, very sad. Um, also, um, we... The, the Cambridge, um, Cambridge um, has confirmed, they've revealed that they had a record number of black students this year. Um, they've had 137 black students start this year. And this is the highest figure ever. Um, and it's up 46 um, students um, on last year. So, I mean, it, it's still, I mean, they recognize that it's still a long way to go and it, that is a really no, low number still, but it's great. It's great that more, more young um, black, black students are able to get into Cambridge and, and get that higher learning. So that's, that's a powerful thing. So somebody that we've been championing for a long time, Marcus Rashford, I, I, was, I was, you know, putting it out there, they should call him Sir Marcus Rashford. But it sounds like the Queen heard me, but said she can't give him the Sir at the moment, but she gave him the MBE. So salute, happy, so happy for this young man. Only 22 years old, you know, plays for Manchester. Um, and he's got his MBE, so that's a beautiful thing. Um, he, you know, he's famous now as well as everything else he's done for campaigning um, to the government to allow 1.3 million children to claim free school meal vouchers um, throughout England um, through the holidays um, during the corona, the, the, the pandemic. Um, so absolutely amazing. 
absolutely amazing. So, um, so yeah, I think he's, he's aimed now. He said he's, he's going to look to um, ask the Prime Minister to extend the scheme. So, yeah, so Boris, please do the right thing. You know, please do the right thing. And also, Dizzy Rascal, he's also um, got an MBE. Um, Dizzy Rascal's real, well, his full name is Dylan um, Quebena Mills, you know. Um, so he is MBE now, you know, beautiful. You know, he's putting a lot of work, a lot of work. He's been in, in the grime scene. He's one of the founding fathers of the grime scene, really. Um, and in 2003, when he was 20, sorry, in 2003, when he was 19, um, he became the youngest artist to win the Mercury Prize um, with his debut album, Boy in a Corner. So, and he's gone on to do amazing things, amazing things. He's, so that's really good, man. I'm so happy for these young guys um, getting, getting their dues, getting their respect. So salute to them. We had a little bit of an issue this, this week with um, Pure Jim um, and this, uh, this ill fought out um, training regime that, which they called 12 years, 12 years a Slave but I must say it's, it wasn't down to now we've looked into it it's not actually about the, the, the company it, these, it's an individual it's an individual that did it in Luton a, a PT because um, a PT uh, a personal trainer in Luton but basically they're all separate is, is what, what, what the reports are saying um, the company's got like 271 gyms and they all have control over their social media separately I'm pretty sure they're going to change that now that this has happened because they won't want this sort of thing to happen again. So, yeah, um, unfortunate that that happened. And it was unfortunate that it was a, um, a black personal trainer who just, you know, he, he, he wasn't thinking clearly, obviously. Um, David Lammy um, has been criticising Twitter over the death, death threats that he's been getting. Um, over Twitter, um, initially, um, there, was, there was no cooperation um, uh, from Twitter with the police, um, and, but David Lammy kind of put it on them and sent out a tweet to the managing director, Mr. Dorsey, asking um, why he was shielding vile racists. Um, and lucky enough, um, he saw it and he's now they're now cooperating with the police. So hopefully there'll be some resolution with that. Um, so um, on a, uh, well, I, I can't even believe that this this has happened, but um, the killers of um, George Floyd have have been have posted bail, um, one million pound bail. Um, this you know the, the 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 policeman that had his knee on George Floyd's neck, Derek Trevain, um, he's been charged with murder, um, but he's been given bail. Um, and the, the the mad thing about it is the bail was a non-cash bail, so it's basically backed by um, a casualty a casualty company in America, some insurance. So he didn't, he didn't have to put that money up himself. Yeah, so, you know, these guys should be behind bars until this is dealt with because we, we, we saw what happened. They, we're, not, we're not trying to find out what happened. We saw what happened. So it just doesn't make any sense. And basically, all the, the other three are also on bail now as well. Um, they, they had to post um, £750,000 bail. Um, and uh, those guys are... It's Thomas Lane... Um, uh, Jay Alexander Queng and Turo Theo um, and they've all been charged uh, with the death um, but yeah they're, they're out basically the trials um, in March 2021 so we look forward to um, justice being served on that date definitely um, 
the um, the police have um, exercised uh, one of the newer laws. Um, basically, it's an unexplained wealth order, um, and they 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 basically recovered ten million pounds worth of property from a forty-year-old um, man, uh, Mansa Mahmoud Hussein. Um, basically, he had uh, multiple um, apartments um, in England, um, 45, 45 properties, and they totaled to ten million. Um, and using that new law, they was able to get that uh, the, the, them, them properties from him. So yeah, it's just interesting. You 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 don't often hear about these these laws until something's really happened. And and yeah, so that's an interesting new law. I didn't I didn't know about that law at all. Um, but earlier I was talking about and um, they gave uh, Donald Trump the vitamin D. Um, and I've, I've, I spoke about this before. I mean, vitamin D, I, I know a little bit about vitamin D. And, I, you know, I think most of us do now because it's been highlighted quite a bit. But it is really something that we, should, we as, especially as black people, I mean, our skin, with the amount of melanin we have in our skin, it protects us from the sun. And if you're living in the UK, it's really hard for you to get enough of the sun that you need. And it's really hard to get enough vitamin D from food. Um, so really, in the UK, your real only option is to take supplements, you know, and I know some people don't like to take it, but th that's really what you have to do if you live in the UK, because vitamin D doesn't stay in your body, and you, you have to top it up regularly. So um, it is something, and, and also to know what vitamin D levels you have, you really have to have a blood test. You have to have a blood test specifically to find out what your levels are. Every single black person I have told to go and get a blood test in the UK, every single one have come back with vitamin D deficiency. So if you haven't had that blood test, I would definitely check it out. At the very least, start taking vitamin D supplements. You know, I mean, speak to your doctor first. I'm not a doctor. Look it up yourself. Um, but it just makes sense. And it's no coincidence that um, Donald Trump, is, his doctors has now told him to take vitamin D supplements because vitamin D is highly connected to your immune system. Yeah, um, don't take it from me. Please look it up yourself. Like I said, I'm not a doctor. Um, but people um, of African descent, people of a South Asian background, if you've got dark skin, if you're often indoors, if you're a prisoner, if you're housebound, um, you're not going to be getting any kind of sunlight. So you definitely need to be um, taking um, supplements. Um, the Department of Health and, and Social Care um, recommend uh, 10 milligrams of um, vitamin D throughout the year, every day. Um, so, like I said, it's, it's something to look into. Um, something that I'm sure we don't have a problem with taking and we all ingest way too much of it is sugar. Um, the government had a target of reducing our sugar intake and down to 20%, 20, 20 I believe it was. Um, and that was definitely not hit. Um, basically, it's been a reduction of about 3% and the aim was 20%. So... Our foods are still heavily laced with sugar, um, and that heavily laced sugar, sugar-up food leads to obesity. And again, as you all know, that um, reduces the efficiency of our immune system. So, yeah, we, we really need to be mindful about what we're putting in our bodies, um, and and you know the amount of sugar content, you know, all of the processed food, cakes, biscuits, and all that. And I'm a I'm a sucker for all of that. I, I've got a really sweet tooth, and I'm, I'm a foodie, so. You know, I, I'm, I'm no saint around it, but I am aware it's something that we all need to get on top of. Um, because at the end of the day, cons consuming too much sugar can lead to weight gain. Um, it puts you at risk of disease, heart problems, 
um, diabetes and some cancers as well. So it is something we need to get on top of. And it does make life difficult, extra difficult for you if you catch COVID-19 um, while you're overweight. So um, also a death that happened in 2018, uh, Mr. Kevin Clark, who died at age 35, um, and he was being restrained in Catford by the police. Um, and he was a mentally ill, a mentally ill man. He had schizophrenia. Um, but the way that they restrained him, and they recently showing the videos, it, it was ridiculous the way they would... I mean, this was a sick man rolling around on the floor. You know, he looked harmless from the footage that I saw. He didn't look like he, he needed to be restrained in the way they did. But all of this um, added to him, 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 him dying, basically. So really sad. Um, but it's being, um, it's being looked at um, and... Yeah, hopefully justice will be served around that and my, my thoughts go out to the family in regards to that as well. Also, um, earlier on this year, Bianca Williams, um, the Great Britain sprinter, and her partner, um, Ricardo Dos Santos, were pulled over in the car in July, I think it was. Um, so basically, um, they have the five officers that were being investigated uh, for misconduct um, are... Well, basically, that's being upheld. They, they are being investigated in regards to that, which is, which is really good. So Bianca and her, her husband, her partner, they, they stuck together on this and, and they pushed for it. Um, she, uh, Bianca believes that um, the officers were racially profiling her and her husband, um, who's also a runner, by the way, um, handcuffed them, separated them from their three-month-year-old son, um, searched the car and nothing was found. So I hope um, all of this gets um, dealt with correctly because, yeah, it was, it was really unnecessary. I, I, it, yeah, a lot's happened this year and that, would, that was one of the flashpoints as well in, in the UK. Um, so on, on a lighter note, though, in Hackney, um, my, my, my hometown, um, which, I, which I love dearly, um, they are putting up two new sculptures in honour of the Windrush, Windrush generation. Um, they're going to be permanent public sculptures um, and they're going to be the first of their kind. Um, Hackney Council announced um, they're going to commission them um, and they are going to be done by um, Thomas J. Prince, who done, he done them, there was a statue in Stratford of the young black girl, nine foot black girl. He did that one, I believe. And also Veronica Williams is also, so Veronica Ryan is also going to be part of this. Um, the sculpture is going to be unveiled in 2021. Um, and it's going to be based on photos and observations of Hackney residents of African and Caribbean diaspora. Um, and it'll be used to create large bronze sculpture, um, which will be installed outside Hackney Town Hall. I think that's going to look amazing. I can't wait until, until they get out. That's going to be good. And that's going to be there forever. So, um, and one of the things um, Ryan said, Veronica Ryan said, um, the work will be... Um, the parts that she's going to be dealing with, I believe, are going to be marble and bronze. Um, and she said they were inspired by her visits to Ridley Road Market as a child with her mother when she moved to England from Montserrat. So if you know about Wrigley Market, you know that's more than enough to inspire anybody. There's loads of stuff always going on in Wrigley. Um, also, um, Kira Bell is a 23-year-old woman um, who is seeking legal action against the NHS um, gender clinic. So basically, um, her claim is um, that she, she, when she was younger, she was dis she described as being a, a tomboy um, as a child. Um, and as she was asked about it, you know, it, the, people asked her about it more and more, and her feelings in regards to being a tomboy got stronger and stronger. Um, and then she looked online and found that stuff about transitioning um, to become a boy online. 
Um, and what she's saying now, basically she, she's been through various medication. I think she's had some, some physical surgery done as well. Um, but now she, what she's saying is that um, she should have been challenged more by medical staff over the decision uh, to transition uh, to, a, to a male teenager. Um, because now, obviously, she regrets it and she, she doesn't feel that way anymore. You know, she wants to be um, um, a female. Um, so um, a judge has given the go-ahead for a hearing for the case um, against the Tavistock and Port, Portman um, NHS Trust. Um, her lawyers will argue that um, children cannot give uh, informed consent um, to treatment um, that will delay their puberty or helping them to transition. So it's going to be an interesting case um, yeah, and I, I really feel it for her because obviously she's gone so far um, down the line with this. Um, you know, her life has changed forever now. Um, and, and now she's, she wants, I suppose, she, it sounds like she wants to reverse what's happened, if that's possible. So we, we'll be keeping an eye on that. Um, in regards to our planet, you know, that we all share and we all need to look after, September was the warmest on record globally. Um, and it was last year, September was actually the hottest, but this year topped it. Um, and so science is, is saying what, you know, we've heard David Attenborough and everybody else say um, that it's a clear indication of the temperatures driving up um, by the emissions of human society. You know, we're, we are making the world hotter, um, which is causing many problems. And one of the problems is um, in the, Ar the Arctic Sea um, is at the second lowest extent um, since satellite records began. So it's, it's, it's reducing, and this is the second lowest it's been. Um, so, you know, major impacts, major impacts for all of us over the coming years, and all of us and our children, you know, which is, which is the bigger thing, because we will be leaving the world for them to deal with. Um, in regards to books, I found a really, really good company, um, blackjackmedia.com. Yeah, they do um, loads of books, um, loads of children's books, you know, this Christmas, I'll be spending a few quid with them for sure. Um, lo really, some really good books. Um, so I definitely suggest you check out um, blackjackmedia.com. Um, and something for you to check out, uh, if, you've, if you've got the time, uh, check on Google, check out the Moors. You know, I'm sure most of us know about the Moors, but, you know, they're, they're lesser spoken about uh, um, part of the our ancestry you know black um, of African descent but the Moors did a lot a lot um, on, on the planet you know they was played a significant role throughout various parts um, of of our history so yeah um, I, th I think you'll enjoy that um, if you don't already know about them um, and as I always say um, this year you know as, as, as challenging as it's been there are countless new opportunities that didn't exist last year you know, and this is what we need to start looking at. You know, the, the negative stuff is real obvious. We can see what that is. But let's start looking beyond that. You know, look after ourselves, but let's look about the opportunities that there are. They are. Let's plan and look and seek. Because, you know, if you're not doing it, other people are doing it. And, you know, it's for you to choose where you want to be going forward. Because this is the world we're living in. And it is what it is. Um, so remember, um, as I was saying about the, the letter, um, the head teacher's letter I was talking about, I'm going to make it available. So if you direct message me via social media, um, I'll send you a copy of the letter. Please share it with like-minded people. Let's see if we can make a difference to the community, you know. Um, edit it up if you want, make it how you want, you know, whatever suits you. But I can, I can tell you for a fact I've used it and it actually it's worked for me and, and my children. Um, and... 
and and you don't even have to have children. Even if you haven't got children of school age, or if you don't have children, you can still send it to a local school requesting um, that we, you know, make it compulsory. You know, that we add value. We we add the the black history, you know, to the curriculum. You know, because um, as I said, I still can't believe that it's not compulsory in schools. Um, and you can remember, you can also get any head teacher's email address off of this school website. So thank you again for choosing Pablo's podcast today and hopefully you can join me on the next one. Until then, take care and be nice to each other. Thank you for listening to Pablo's podcast. I'm Pablo from Hackney and you can catch me next week for more healthy discussion.